0: Welcome to Why So Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Jennifer Tryon. I'm super excited to get to speak with our favorite sewing personality from Canada and find out why she sews. So, welcome to Why So, Sew, Jennifer.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to get to talk to you again. It seems like it's been... Forever.
1: Well, you know, the world has changed a lot since people saw each other in person. <laughs> it, it's sort of like the sewers of the world said, "Hey, we need an excuse to stay home," and sew. and here we are.
0: Well, yeah. You know, hey, thank God they did. I mean, 2020 at least was a fantastic year, and you know, the first part of 2021, even before people really started getting out and doing stuff again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and I think the resurgence in sewing was a long time coming, pandemic or not. Because I do think people, you know, love the feeling of making. And I think when you get a little taste of doing things for yourself and anything homemade... That's a feeling that sticks that we should be chasing. And, you know, it's a blessing that's come out of this pandemic, I think, is that a lot of people were re exposed to some good old fashioned fun, Absolutely. you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, before we get going, I'm sure many of our listeners know you from seeing you on Home Shopping Network or TSC in Canada, or maybe even your new homemade website. Not as in you made it homemade, but maybe you did that too. I don't know. But the name homemade. Uh, So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, do you consider yourself a sewist, sewer, seamstress, tailor, quilter, crafter, omnicrafter? How do you consider yourself? Maybe it's all of that. Tell us a little bit about who Jennifer Tryon is as a sewer.
1: Well, so... I'm gonna just take it back to how I got here because it's a bit of an interesting story, I think. I was a, a national news correspondent for almost 20 years. Oh wow. And I worked yeah, and I worked on the national news in Canada for the last 10 years, global national news, and was with CTV News before that and traveled all over the world on big breaking news stories. And I was always traveling with a craft project because we were constantly getting stuck places. I'd be going to some hurricane or some, you know, natural disaster or some sort of war zone. And the story would be over, but I'd still be there because the airport would be closed or there'd be a lapse in time. And so I remember my cameraman always saying to me, do we have to lug this sewing machine everywhere we go? I would literally bring (laughs) my sewing machine with me. And I had three young kids, very young kids. I still have three kids who are pretty, still pretty young. And I'd be bringing fabric and thread and sewing them pajamas at night when I had power, if I was somewhere that had power. Otherwise, I'd be knitting or <laughs> drawing or something. And it was a way that I could feel close to them. Oh, wow. So and And provide for them when I wasn't there. Hmm. And, you know, sewing kind of saved me because – You know, that feeling I talked about before of making, it was in direct contrast to what I was feeling on these news stories, in these disasters, in going and witnessing so much suffering. It really took me back to, I need to get myself to a place where I feel good every day. And this is not to ignore the suffering in the world at yeah. all but it's for me to live my most authentic life you know we hear that a lot <laughs> but it's true like i i couldn't find the passion in news anymore I, it felt oh, like i had done it over and the same story over and over and over again and you know i was at the boston marathon bombings and i oh, thought wow. i can't like there was literally black hawk helicopters, you know, coming down in front of us, we could hear the gunshots when they finally apprehended one of the brothers. Mm. And in my mind, like, and my mom was messaging me saying like, are you okay? And I remember saying to my mom, could you just check Twitter? Like, can you, like, basically, can you stop calling me? And I thought, this is not right. This is right. not how it's supposed to be. Wow. And yeah. And literally working for like, a week straight at that story. And my cameraman looked at me at the end and said, You're done, aren't you? And I was like, I just, I just need to like go home and bake something or sew something. And it was literally how I was escaping. And I remember being, you know, um, at this other story in New York when Hurricane Sandy hit and there was no power in like so much of New York. And the only thing we could find to eat was chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. Didn't even have fries left. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> there was nothing. We were like, we'll take them. McDonald's with no fries. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause there was no power anywhere somehow. Anyway, we're eating this garbage and we're like, not, we had to sleep in the van because there's no power anywhere. And we're in the lineups for gas. And I just thought, why? And I'm frantically like knitting, 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 sewing, cross-stitching, cross-stitching. And I know what I'm doing. I'm like trying to medicate myself <laughs> with something good. And so Homemade was born because the feeling of doing something yourself and making something is so good. It's so good. It, it helped me so much in all of those times that wow. I just want to pay it forward. I want to help people make things themselves. So whether that's sewing or whether that's just whatever it is.
0: That's so cool. I do
1: da- yeah, I do dabble <laughs> in lots of things, sewing primarily, but yeah, that's why.
0: Uh, I hear so many different stories like that, but not that specific twist, right? I mean, you're experiencing such a divergent worlds there, right? right? But you know, if I take you even further back, I mean you were carrying crafting and sewing projects with you on the road while you were doing this, but surely you got started even earlier than that, right? What was your earliest memory of sewing or crafting?
1: My earliest memory of sewing is not me doing it at all. It's seeing my grandmother and a bunch of women in like the church basement with a big loom, like a big like quilting loom in front of them. And they were all quilting. And I was quickly told to skedaddle. (laughs) There was no reason for me to be there. I was going to go outside and play. This was not something, this was not a world that I was like, come and help and learn because I was witnessing a means to an end, not, you know, a cool hobby that, you know, is trending. (laughs) Right. I was witnessing like ladies you know, making quilts for people who needed blankets for warmth, not for decor, right? Right, right. Yeah, and so my grandmother lived with us growing up, and so everything was homemade, but not because it was cool. It was because it was necessary. Hmm. And I was really, but yet I'm from a generation where you don't actually need to make your own clothes, and neither does your parents. Like, you can just go to the local Walmart and, you know, get something pretty inexpensively and you'll be just fine. But my grandmother night after night, you know, sewed in front of us, knit in front of us, cooked in front of us. She lived that life and I saw it, even though as a child, I didn't participate in it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I moved away from home and went to university that I suddenly And I guess maybe being away from home, I didn't have any exposure to that. I didn't have anyone like cooking or making anywhere in my life. It was like studying and partying and like all the stuff that students do, you know. And I immediately in this big house that I lived in with a bunch of like guys and girls, like like, kind of like a frat house, (laughs) set aside the space in the dining room just for sewing and crafting. And I was like the lamest kid in school. And I just started like, and I'd be like, Hey, to my roommates, does anyone want to come and make a whatever with me? And they'd be like, no. So, <laughs> like, so you,
0: you've been using sewing as an escape for a long yeah, time.
1: I think so. I think now that I'm kind of thinking of it that way. And I didn't really have any skills, so I really just had to kind of harness this passion that I had inside. So, so, so wait a minute, like, let's
0: paint <laughs> this picture. So you're in basically a frat house, <laughs> Yes. you know, and you're like, you know, I remember my grandmother's sewing. I think I'm going to start sewing. So what'd you do? You go out and buy a sewing machine and what happened
1: here? Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't think I was so uh, conscious of the choice. I think it was a pulling. There was something pulling me to do this and maybe it was my grandmother, maybe it was like this but there was something in me that was like you need to make something you need to I I felt the urge I couldn't I had to and so yeah I just went and bought like a $99 sewing machine and like the worst you know (laughs) linted up thread from whatever bargain basement and like would cut up shirts or get little scraps of whatever and you know I did tons of different crafting and it was all terrible like if I was to look at it now but it doesn't matter because it, it doesn't matter because at the time what it did for me and what it does for most people is gives you something fun to do, something cool to do, something, you know, it's not always a means to an end like my, my grandmother, you know, would have, would have right. had it be. Like I remember just painting a wooden clock and getting the stuff to like the gears to go. And, and I remember my boyfriend at the time, like sitting like in the Michael's parking lot going like, are we ever going to get out of here? Like, <laughs> What are you doing in there? Like, That's and fantastic. I couldn't explain it. It's only now looking back that I can kind of put some real reflection to, wow, that maybe really was a strong influence in my life. And maybe that was the steady, calm. Homemade feeling that now that I've developed the company homemade that I just want to bring to more people.
0: That's fantastic. So, did you at any point you know after you get into this sort of sewing pool? This, this, yeah, this, there you go. <laughs> when you get into this sewing vortex that uh, you got in, did you ever go and get any professional training or help from uh, you know no, your local was. sewing machine dealer or no. anything like that? No. No.
1: no. All self-taught. Not what Not one. Not one Time. Not one time. Did I because you know what I lack in skill, I make up for in confidence. That's (laughs) That's always been my way. (laughs) Take it
0: till you make it. That's right.
1: I think you know, eventually you will catch on. And if millions of people and you know have been sewing around the world in and in countries that you know are much less developed with far fewer supplies. (sighs) I think I can probably handle it on Janome's top-notch machine with the beautiful sulky threads yeah. and, you know, all of this great stuff, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. That, yeah. That's that's so cool, though. So, what, what do you like to sew then? Like, what, what, what do you like to do? What is your favorite thing?
1: Yeah, I love quilting. I love making quilts. And I think it's probably, like, because we grew up with quilts on our beds. And I took them for granted. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. That's just my covers. Like my childhood blankets were. With no
0: regard for the hours and hours no, of work that went into I'm it. I'm definitely
1: not. Or I wouldn't have eaten on the bed like I did. Or I wouldn't have, you know, had the hard Put your
0: makeup on while sitting That's cross-legged right. on your bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly right. But you know what? And I said this to someone recently who I gifted a quilt to for Christmas. And she said, oh, but I couldn't possibly use this. And I said, no, 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 quilts are meant to be used and loved and washed and dried and washed again and washed again and use it and, because it, it won't die. And what I know is that blankets and warmth, especially on kids, they imprint on you. Mm-hmm. I remember the covers I had as a kid, even though I took them for granted, they imprinted on me. And oftentimes we think, oh, but the blanket I should be taking to my kid's baseball game or to the arena, because I always take a big quilt to the arena to when my son's playing hockey and they think I hear a lot. Why are you bringing that good quilt to the arena? Because it's warm. And My kids are under this quilt. It's going to imprint on them. They're going to remember this. We should not be imprinting ourselves with a $10 blanket from Walmart or wherever, because these are the memories that are, we're going to take us through to when we look back on when we were a kid. And I think of my childhood bedroom. I I remember that quilt. It's wow. there. It's not doing anything, but it's it's imprinted on me. That's a
0: pretty profound thought. But you know, now the, I think in my own life, my grandmother made lots of scrap quilts. And I literally have two of them in my automated home now that I use on my yep. easy chair. They're all torn up. One of them yep. <laughs> one of them actually has, you know, she, she wasn't a fancy quilter and everything was hand tacked. But yep. one of those quilts, my grandfather was in a really bad accident, was... Um, burnt 70% of his body and he spent you know many many months in the hospital the batting in one of these quilts is literally the blankets that they used on him in the hospital so yeah you saying that it's like yeah you yep. remember that stuff and mm-hmm. just as a kid I remember all these fabrics you know these were the same fabrics that she was walking around in shirts made out of you know, yep. they're on this quilt <laughs> It's, it's that's pretty exactly right. It is uh, very, very true what you say it imprints on you. I love that. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, you walked right into this already, but I, I, I'm sure you give many hand sewn gifts. What is there ever a particular one of those that sticks out to you that's uh, particularly memorable or, or meaningful to you in some way?
1: For sure. So, I this was just maybe two years ago, maybe longer, got a new sewing machine that had like lots of very cool features. And I was trying to think of something because Genomi had tasked me with, because I was going to be on HSN and the shopping channel in Canada, and they were always wanting me to do projects for them. And I should mention, because, you know, there is the TV connection that my two worlds, TV and and sewing, <laughs> did merge, which is how I came to, to do all of these TV shows. But anyway, I was doing... You know, projects for, I don't know, some show. And Janome said, you know, see what you can come up with using this, the Janome S9, which is, you know, great machine and it runs off of like an app. My grandmother would just be like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I thought about her. Oh, I'm just
0: using like, my phone to control my sewing machine. <laughs> that's
1: exactly. She would be like, what? Oh, Lord. She'd be, Lord, come on. Anyway, so what I, could see that it could do was it could stitch out whatever you would draw in the app. And I thought, hmm. So I said to my mom, Do you have grandma's recipe for butter tarts? Cause this, she was famous for making these butter tarts, everybody, all my cousins and aunts and uncles, grandma's butter tarts. She's bring if she's coming over, she's bringing you the butter tarts Yum. and there's only one copy of the recipe, but everybody loves it. There's only one copy. My mom has the handwritten copy. And so I took a photo of the recipe and I traced it in this app. So it looked exactly like her writing, because wow. it's exactly, and embroidered it on uh, tea towels and I did it on the show And yes, the machine sold like a bazillion of them because it's true. Like how I just took my grandmother's handwritten recipe and put it on this tea towel, but I sent them to all my cousins and my aunts and uncles and everybody recognized grandma's writing right away.
0: That's so awesome.
1: Yeah. So that, that was a good one. Those will
0: be around in those households for a while. You think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like everybody, and now they all have the recipe, their own handwritten version and yeah, th- that was, that was a good one when, you know, when you can, re- cause it really encompasses all of the things, right? Yeah. It encompasses like my love of making things and giving things. It also encompasses like my grandmother's, you know, recipe, which is the whole reason this is all taken off anyway. So such yeah.
0: a, it's such a connector, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too cool. So you have had the opportunity to demonstrate and sell and show all sorts of fun things, but mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite things to use when you're sewing, whether gadgets, gizmos, notions, mm-hmm. tools, mm-hmm. What, what, are, what are some of your favorite things to use? Your, 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 I can't do this without it stuff.
1: What, right. what are those things? For sure. So I can't <laughs> I think water soluble stabilizer is like like fabrosolvy is the most genius invention of this century. Like, it's amazing. I cannot have less than a full bolt available to me at any one time. Uh-huh. So in case anyone's wondering what this is, it's water-soluble stabilizer. You can hoop up or use in, in, in lots of different ways, but it allows you to wash away the stabilizer. So you can sew into it like it's fabric, And then just dunk it in water and it will disappear. And that's how I did the tea towels. That's how I've done some of my favorite things with freestanding lace. Yeah. And I love sulky's, Fabra sulky. I love it.
0: It's pretty interesting to hear you say that as a sort of side story there. The way that our founding partners, uh, Fred and Joyce, on the creative marketing side, the way they came to be involved with our manufacturing partner on the Ganold side was through Water Soluble Stabilizer at a a large trade event on the industrial commercial sewing side called Mm -hmm. The Bobbin Show many, many, many years ago. And through that meeting, Fred and Joyce started selling our original Solvy, our film Solvy that uh, Ganold. Old was distributing or selling to the commercial embroidery world at the time. But that's, that is literally the product that wow. brought those people together to form our company over 37, 35 years ago. Well, well
1: I love it. I know. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> so Good I'm one.
1: glad that's one of your favorites. Yeah, it's one of my favorites for sure.
0: So, you know, clearly uh, you've taken this hobby that wasn't so much of a hobby until later years for you, but yeah. you've taken that and turned it into a business. So, uh, you know, how, how would you say or describe the opportunity that sewing has given? And for enriching your life? I, mean, I think everything you've said up to this point maybe is kind of that, quite frankly, but how would you sort of encapsulate that or, or, or describe it?
1: I think I, ha- well, you know, everything I've said, you're right, kind of has answered that question, but I can kind of reverse engineer it too because what I now have to do is protect sewing. And mm. because if you've, I've already explained how, yes, it's enriched my life in this way for sure. It's now become my full-time job. So I now have a responsibility of not letting work ruin my mm. precious hobby. So I, I, I just want to flip that question because, you know, it's evident that it's enriched it. I, I left news. I, I, you know, I work full time still on TV, but now doing sewing and crafting segments. You know, so this is this is so great, you know, like it didn't happen overnight. But yeah, I was able to create a job, a good one out of my passion. So in, now I have the responsibility to protect that and not ruin something with what business and work can do to things, because sometimes it involves money and deadlines and all the thing contracts and, you know, all of those kind of like ugly can be ugly things. I just have a real responsibility now to make sure that it stays what I need it to stay being in my life. Yeah, that,
0: that can be the problem with turning your hobby into a business, right? I've seen that and not just in the sewing world, but in other examples, but certainly in the sewing world, I've seen people, very successful people in our business, uh, not so for many, many, many years until they had a chance to retire or push back from it and then get back into yeah. the actual hobby. So it's very good for you that you see that already and consciously try to protect it. That's words of wisdom for all those out there that, uh, and there's a lot of them that are trying to make a business out of their out of their passion. That's yeah, really and, and they the should trend.
1: because they should, because if it's the thing that they're doing for free or doing like I was, when I was still working in news, like late at night or, you know, my, my kids would escaping often wake up with it. That's right. If they're in, you know, and if you can do that in the waking hours and someone will pay you to do it, Hey, all right, that's great. But I spent a long time wondering like, but how much can you really make? Can I actually replace my income? You know, I was a network news reporter at the national level. Like we got a mortgage here. We got to yeah. pay the bills. I have three kids. You know, I married for love. (laughs) We have to, we have to work around here. So yeah, and I didn't start with the company. The company homemade only came kind of at the beginning of the pandemic when I kind of saw like people are at home. People need, you know, people need this feeling now more than ever. And that's how homemade really started. Where we, you know, are putting on events because I have the ability at home to broadcast on actual television. Like we've been broadcasting from here for the last two years on lots of shows that I do. Uh, We've got a full TV studio in the basement and that's sort of my, I guess, advantage like from having such a strong TV background is that, you know, I could hit the ground. I was already doing this like before the pandemic. So, you know, I didn't miss a beat in terms of being able to broadcast live from home. And I thought, well, what if we set aside like a weekend and, you know, we bring some of the tutorials that I've been doing to people live. And, you know, I was doing some already with some paper crafting companies and they were great. And I thought, what about sewing? And, and it just kind of was born. We've done three or four events uh, now you know, send people a big box full of everything they need. You know, I squealed the day all the sulky thread we ordered arrived. (laughs) I thought, look at all these hundreds of (laughs) spools. This is awesome. And, you know, we shipped everybody all the fabric, all the thread, all the stabilizer, everything they need to pull off the project or projects. We do lots of them on the weekend. And then we just broadcast live to everybody's home and they follow along and make, we all make the projects together at home homemade and it's that. sort of a modern spin on that that's
0: so cool yeah that the, the pandemic has forced us all to think outside the box right and how we can continue to bring sewing to the masses I mean with no in-person events happening for virtually two years it's cool to see people coming up with fun ideas like yours and, and being successful with that it's, well it's, awesome. and it's so
1: cool to see like hundreds and hundreds of sewers like hundreds, signing up, which is great. But then the thrill of seeing, like we just finished a virtual quilting retreat and we sent everybody the pattern and the, the fabric, the thread and the batting, the, the bait, like everything you need to make this quilt from start to finish. And we're boxing it up and da, da, da. And now it's like, you know, it's make a quilt by Christmas, which is what we did. and And to see all of these hundreds of people who've made the same quilt on my watch you know, and I wouldn't profess to be a quilting expert. I'm making it along with them, but we're all doing it together We're in it together. And it's just a sign of the times, right? But it's a, it's a good spin on it. It's a, it's a, a beautiful, you know, heartwarming spin on it. And when I see all the posts and everyone putting on Instagram and Facebook and tagging me and in the private group that we run for, for the event, like, wow, look at all the versions of this quilt that Everybody in all of these different cities and states and provinces and countries around the world are holding on to their quilts. And, you know, people are snuggling up under them this time of year. It's it's really bonding.
0: I love how you are so in tune with this emotional side of sewing and how it connects people and how it makes people feel. You just keep going back to that, not even knowing you're saying it, but you're it's like you're always talking about the emotional impact of it that's that's so cool i know in our industry there are so many just really strong people predominantly women that have have taken similar tracks whether they were in a different career and um, and then turned that into sewing or whether it was just their hobby and they were a stay-at-home mom and turned that into a business Uh, Many, many, many stories like that, some of which are hugely successful people. I just wonder, are any of those people, are there any other sewists or makers in our business that you particularly look up to or who have helped you in some way, shape or form in your own journey?
1: Wow, that's a good question. It's funny because I don't, I hate to say I hate to say that I don't have an answer, but from the seat that I was in before, where I was leaving my job to to make this my new job, I hadn't worked in this industry at all. Not once. In fact, I was being offered the Washington bureau chief job when when I had to turn it down. And, you know, we were getting ready to move to Washington just... And, and I was like, I can't, you know, I was saying yes to, to the executive producer who called me up, Mm -hmm. but in my mind I was screaming, no. Mm -hmm. So all I knew is I was going towards something I, I wanted to do, but I didn't really have any sort of professional role models because I wasn't in the profession at all. Instead, what I had was just like this desire to change. And, you know, someone recently said, oh, well, in our industry, and I was like, our industry, like me? Like, <laughs> I, am I, in, like, I guess I'm in this industry now. <laughs> I don't know. I still think I'm in TV. Like, <laughs> you to be in both. <laughs> I, I think I, I've straddled the line. And so now I'm looking around at people like Kimberly Naimo, you know, Everybody's kind of like, and but I I fan I'm more of a fan girl.
0: Yeah. It's 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 okay to be self-taught and self-made, you know, Jennifer.
1: Well, I mean, I hate to, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I I watch YouTube videos and I you know see people in this in the industry the same way anyone else would, but not necessarily as a peer. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's cool. So you do a lot of different crafting and probably yeah. more than than many of the folks that I've that I've spoken with. But is there is there a particular type of sewing or type of project or something that you have yet to try your hand at that's sort of on your I got to do this list or your, your so, sort of sewing bucket list, if you will, that you've mm. been eyeing and just hadn't had the opportunity yet or hadn't created
1: the opportunity? Well, I really think I need to make a quilt coat, and not because I think they look that nice. Because (gasps) (laughs) I, I, I I gotta say, I've yet to see one where I'm like, yes, I should wear that out. But I am totally enamored by this trend of turning your quilt into a coat. I think I might actually turn one into a house coat, um, and like make it a robe. Yeah, I don't think I, because they're trying to, you know, fresh spins and all of that. It's kind of like a,
0: like a meshing together of a snuggly <laughs> and a yes, robe.
1: That's right. Together. That's right. Okay. Exactly. But that's what but it, with I've the look of a do. quilt. Ah. That's right. That's what I'm going to try to do. Someone's going to beat me to it because they're going to hear that on this podcast and I will have dragged my butt. You better, you better hurry up. <laughs> at least tag me in it, you guys. But yeah, that, I, I do think I want to try that. In terms of like a technique, I really want to get better at like bobbin work. And I'm, the reason why is not to actually sew. It's to scrapbook.
0: I want... Explain bobbin work to our listeners because... For so long, that's something that always eluded my understanding. Well, what, what, what do you mean when you say bobbin work?
1: So I want to put a thicker, fuller thread in my bobbin and, you know, a regular sort of 40 or 50 weight thread up top. And I want to sew on paper with the bobbin thread. And so the
0: bobbin thread is actually what's going to be on the right side of the thing that you're trying to sew. That's right. Okay.
1: Right. And I think that because there's a real trend in scrapbooking to hand stitch using like embroidery floss. And I feel like if, you know, someone like me could (laughs) get together and teach people that they don't need to spend eight, nine, 12 hours hand-stitching this image with floss on their piece of paper, but instead we could run it through our machines with these heavier, thicker threads. Not only would, you know, the sewing machine companies have, you know, thousands of new customers, but there'd just be a new technique would be born and all of these hours of labor would be saved. And, you know, sometimes I think about, am I cheating by embroidering? Am I cheating by, like, no, I think, our, and I think about my grandmother again. No, she would have given anything for some help. <laughs> so so she would have said, take whatever help you can get. If there would have been a machine that could have helped me, I would have taken it. So, you know. For these- think what
0: she could have done with a long arm quilting machine.
1: I think what I could do with that. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I, that's something I I really want to get better at is, you know, putting different weights of thread, heavier weight threads in the bobbin and seeing what I can create with those.
0: Cool. So what are you sewing right now? Are you working on anything special right now for for you or for your business?
1: Well, I am two things. For me, I am quilting in the hoop at the moment. So the quilt that I just Mm. finished for our uh, virtual quilting retreat, I did a lesson on how to quilt in the hoop. So that's where you take, you know, like an embroidery design that's meant for quilting. Right. And it looks like a long arm uh, design, but you're, you have to hoop it like, hundreds of times. Are, are el- you using like your biggest hoop for that? or are you using yeah, but my biggest a, a normal not size? A normal size hoop? <laughs> it's only like nine by seven. It's not that oh, big. Okay. It's I mean it's the biggest one that my my machine has, but there are definitely bigger out there. So I'm working on that for myself. And then company wise, we're launching a subscription box. Wow. And it's called the homemade life box. And cool. in it is three projects and some other craft goodies and what we're going to do is and you'll get it every season and it's all the materials you need to have a more homemade life and so and it's going to just be like just a, a good taste of some different things so we'll have a little sewing project We're going to have, you know, I think we have a macrame in. We have some watercolor in. We've got some hand embroidering, Uh cross-stitch coming, soap making, candle like all kinds of homemade things. I love it. So if you want to, you know, give something new a try, this is a way of having everything you need to make it without having to, A, invest in it, and B, have us be able to walk you through how to do it because we're going to do lives and, you know, have it be super interactive. So the subscription box um, is what we're professionally sewing together.
0: Fantastic. So for someone to get that, they go to homemade.ca. That's right. That's,
1: That's right. where they'll
0: find it. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. So tell us this, when Jennifer's not sewing or crafting, what <laughs> other kinds of hobbies or activities does she <laughs> enjoy? Like what would we find you posting about on your social media? Yeah
1: this is what you find me posting about. How many hours do you think we have in the day here? (laughs) Well, I mean, I do have three kids. And so they keep me very busy. They all are in their own respective activities. You will see me hand stitching in the rink (laughs) every single time I'm there. But I do, I mean, I love mountain biking. I love doing kind of like anything to do with like going on the trail. That's sort of a like a family thing that we do. And I try to get the kids to do a lot of, we like being like outdoors like that. Um, Of course you said I live in Canada, so there's no shortage of snow and right now anyway, and lots of, even though it was like minus 21 (laughs) here today, (laughs) it's cold for sure, but you just got to dress for it and we get outside a lot. But yeah, I love crafting and when I'm not working in crafting, that's what I am doing in my spare time. I
0: love it. Well, you're truly, uh, Crafting is truly your life then, right?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Well, I always, in the podcast with it, this this question, and and I feel like we've already kind of answered it, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway or, or, sure. or tell you anyway. I, I've always kind of said as an industry, and you kind of started out with almost something like this, but I've always said as an industry that we're, we're really not... Selling thread and notions, fabric, but but what we're really selling is this feeling of accomplishment, uh, a feeling of satisfaction that comes with crafting. And I know you maybe you said it a different way, but I'm going to ask you: you agree with that statement? I'm, I'm sure you do. And you know, how do you see just like how can we as an industry? bottle that up and and sell it. What's like the magic trick for that? How do we get people to understand that side of it?
1: Yeah, I think it's being accessible because I've seen it because I, you know, just like I couldn't really answer your question like who do I, you know, sort of emulate or, or whatever. It's because I'm just like a regular person making the projects like anyone else. And I really do think that it's obvious when you're being sold to by someone who doesn't live it themselves. And so if you have thread or fabric and the person who's, you know, trying to sell it to you, their only experience with it is selling it that doesn't sit so well with me. Mm. And so I know when I'm going on the shopping channel in Canada or HSN in the U S or even on my regular like DIY segments on some networks, like I would want people to know that I'm showing you how to do this because that's what I do when I use it. And that's the truth. And I think that people know that and you can tell. And so if companies are wondering, like, well, you know, I know people have said to me, like, well, how did so many sewing machines sell when you were? And it's just like, well, I don't know, maybe people saw what I did with it and wanted to do that too, or, or maybe they caught the feeling, mm. you know, and they want that too. And that comes from accessibility, authenticity, mm. and not really putting the sale first. It's putting what this Product can actually do for you first. Mm. And even if they have to use what they already have at home, I think that's okay. And I know that's not what the bean counters at the networks and in the companies I represent want me to lead with. (laughs) But to be honest, I feel like, but eventually that person's going to run out of that old thread and then a new love will have been born and they'll remember who helped them get there authentically. And Uh, so that's good. And that is good for business for sure. But I think helping the person and be accessible to them wherever they are, even if it's not with your product or not with your machine or not with your thread or not with your company. If what we're doing is, is really spreading the joy, like we all say we are then we have to be okay with them doing it, however they're doing it. Mm. And so, yeah, I think when companies, you know, just remember that you want to have real people who use this stuff and walk the walk touching your products because that's who's going to really inspire everyday people like me and and like the people listening.
0: Wow, there's so much truth in that for sure. I, I know our company got started by helping educate people and, and even educating retailers on how to educate people. So I can appreciate your,
1: mm-hmm. your
0: authenticity there and your passion for doing that. So listeners, if you're looking for somebody that understands you, make sure you check out Jennifer and her company Homemade in Canada. She's got a lot to offer clearly
1: oh thanks jason yeah, well
0: thank you so much for coming on today I, I really appreciate enjoyed reconnecting with you maybe we'll get to see you again sometime on the road soon
1: yes that would be amazing that would be amazing yeah, thank you well, for having me yeah. it's been really fun
0: thanks again and we'll see you around okay okay thank you for listening to why so with sulky Visit sewingonline.sulky.com for more info on today's episode and to browse our educational offerings, including live webcast, videocast, and special events that you can watch in the comfort of your own home with
1: your sewing machine by your side.